Hello, listeners. This is the second season of St. Mary's Case Cast. My name is Honesty Lee. I will be your new host. Yeah. And we have here with us Dr. Paz, who is an attending. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you for having me. Alrighty. So we had a M&M case today regarding alcohol withdrawal. On average, how often do you see this in the ER? Because at our institution, we have a chemical dependency unit. We usually see this every shift in our emergency department, and we usually have patients overflowing from our back unit into the main area in hopes of getting detox. So I know in our M&M case we had today, it was pretty interesting. I was wondering if you could touch on, on that a little bit. So today in didactics, we discussed a case of alcohol withdrawal and the different approaches that people have with alcohol withdrawal. Uh, Over the years, phenobarbital has now been the drug of choice at our site, especially for treating alcohol withdrawal symptoms. Previously, it used to be benzodiazepines, but over the years, we had tried different things since there was a benzo shortage for a while, and phenobarbital had great results because um, you're aware of, since uh, you guys follow the path of physiology, the difference between benzos and phenobarb, I know you are honest. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) It has to do with the GABA and glutamate, Exactly, exactly. So the GABA, which is an inhibitory transmitter, is in alcoholics, it tends to be down-regulated. And so the benzos affect the GABA, but the phenobarb is beautiful because it helps with both the GABA and the glutamate. Theoretically, it's a better drug and has less problems with the paradoxical reactions that you can get with benzodiazepines. Ah, I see. So how would you dose the phenobarbital in the ER if, let's say, one of these patients came in and they seem to be in severe withdrawals? Well, if they're pretty sick and they look like they're borderlining DTs, the literature states that you can do pretty high doses like 10 milligrams per kilogram IV push. And I know that can sound excessive, but that's for ideal body weight. And the studies show that if you really load them up front early, and this is with the caveat of they cannot have any other medications on board. So if they're already on a benzo or already on any other sedating medicine, it may not be wise to give a high dose like that. But the ones that are not on anything and going through withdrawals, if you do it early, you will not have to redose or use numerous different agents to try to sedate them. Well, so I will try to use phenobarbital uh, more so Uh, from the beginning. Uh, That way we kind of avoid the whole benzo situation. Mm -hmm. Now, with this case cast new season, we're going to try to hit on more uh, things that we will run into during boards or questions and exams. Uh, I always seem to be confused with this, but what's the difference between withdrawal, per se, and, and, and delirium tremens, which I know has a higher morbidity and mortality? Absolutely. So the key difference is the confusion. So withdrawals, you can see people, and we see people that are still technically intoxicated and going through withdrawal as their alcohol level starts to drop. And that happens pretty early, around 6 to 48 hours. But DTs, do you know, honestly, like the time frame where you can typically see DTs or start looking for it? So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it can show up a lot later than than just simple withdrawals, up to two to three days after uh, their last drink. Exactly. And sometimes if people aren't aware of that, 
and they see that the person might not, maybe they don't even share that they have an alcohol problem and they look terrible, they're tachycardic, they're confused, and they get all sorts of workups for their, they might even have positive SIRS, usually the patients that are in fluoridities. And so you have to be aware that they'll have a negative alcohol level and be confused, they'll hallucinate, they can have fevers. And so we have to be careful uh, with those patients as you know, we can be going down the wrong pathway. So just watch out for it when uh, a little later on and more so confusion as opposed to just withdrawals or, or seizures. Mm-hmm. And another thing that can compound or confound the situation, sorry, <laughs> uh, would be Wernicke and Korsakoff syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, which I have yet to see, I believe. Uh, I have, may have missed it along the way, but what are the symptoms that you can see with that? So yeah, we're always taught, right, in residency, I remember even 20 years ago, we were always taught to do the banana bag and the thymine, and Mm -hmm. you know, the thought process behind it is to try to be proactive so they don't develop those symptoms. Now, Wernicke's is reversible, so you can actually treat it and they get better. Uh, Well, that's good. So we typically give 100 milligrams orally just kind of to prevent or IV or in their banana bag. But do you know as far as once you tend to see, do you know what the the signs are to look for for Wernicke's? Yeah, I believe uh, the textbook's answer, uh, the first thing you would see would be the ophthalmoplegia. And generally it's the sixth nerve, so it can't uh, look to the sides. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can see ataxia and some confusion. Oh, kind of runs along with DTs. And then I think you get course of cough after that. Is that correct? That is correct. And I always remember, we always, that it was a board question, I recall. And Korsakoff is irreversible. That's so not good. K, I always remember K and confabulation. So they kind of lie and try to mm. mask things as well. Uh, so you never want to get to an irreversible state. So you're right. It is difficult because if we see Wernicke's, they might, it might be just kind of masked because our alcoholics tend to be ataxic. They sometimes have a nystagmus when they're intoxicated, right? Mm -hmm. And are they always like in a perfect state of mind? Not usually. So maybe we're seeing subtle Wernicke's and not even recognizing it. And we're thinking maybe they're just simply intoxicated. Right. Mm -hmm. And so our banana bags traditionally have 100 milligrams of of thiamine, Mm -hmm. but that dosage is much increased if we're, we're suspecting Wernicke's, is that correct? That is right. So we have to use IV doses, and they're pretty large IV doses if we're actually treating Wernicke's. So it's as much as 500 milligrams of thiamine IV three times a day, so Q8 hours for three days initially. And then you always, you know, we always will then follow it up with 250 then IV just daily. But that's a much different dose from our, you know, typical oral, you know, just our preventative dose. And is the thiamine, is that just a, is that like a piggyback or is that a push? I I think I mistakenly ordered it as as part of a banana bag. Um, The 500? The 500, yeah. (laughs) Did you get pushback from pharmacy since they do the prepare our banana bags? Honestly, I think they just sent down a regular banana bag and told me it was 500. (laughs) So yeah, you can do the IV. Typically at our hospital, we tend the, the pharmacy will tend to make it a piggyback just so that if anybody reacts, you have a little bit of more time to mm-hmm. react to that. But you know, I have yet to actually treat it and hopefully I haven't missed any. Now I'm starting to think, you mm. know, could I have missed some? Possibly, I hope not. Well, now we know what to look for. 
Wernicke's and Korsakov. So if we could pick three high-yield points, I would say Delirium Tremens confusion is one of the larger aspects that distinguishes it from just withdrawals, uh, anywhere from two to three days. Wernicke's, uh, you have ophthalmoplegia, uh, which is something that's why we should assess all of our patients' eyes that you think is intoxicated. And then uh, with the treatment of that, it's 500 milligrams of thiamine as opposed to just the 100. So I think for today, that will be all uh, in terms of alcohol and uh, our case cast today. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Paz. Thank you, and yeah. have a happy Halloween. Oh, yes, it's Halloween. Thank you. Happy Halloween.